Welcome to Half Court, the NBA talk show that's not afraid to bring hot takes into the paint. And then guess who else they got on this team? Mike Muscala. Oh, Moose. <laughs> Jeez Louise. This is like his seventh team in the past maybe eight months. Hang out with us, the homies, Matt McClure and Logan Dolby, for an hour of ankle-breaking takes and plenty of laughs. Are you serious right now with that? I, I, this is unbelievable that their higher-ups are saying that it was a success when you heard back in the uh, back last year that KD was coming here, Kyrie was coming here, and the best player you bring in in free agency is Julius Randle? <laughs> really? And then he said, take you time to respond. There's no hurry. You'll never be Westbrook, never be Curry. Ooh. Oh, my gosh. Like, Shaq is cooking in the Ooh. kitchen over here. It was gas, man. Enjoy the show. I mean, he had a cool handshake, I guess, with Russell Westbrook when he was in Oklahoma City, but that's about it. He still plays in the summer league. That's all that needs to be said here. Bogey. Oh, off balance. You don't like NBA basketball. The 20 year old comes flying through the air here in South Florida and gives the Kings the lead. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is your boys, Logan Dolby and Matt McClure, reporting live from the Com Radio studio out here in Innovation Park. Back on the Tuesday slate, late night here. McClure, what are you thinking? Yeah, late night, back-to-back week. Sorry about that, guys. Uh, another broadcast going on during our show. Our show usually is from 7 to 8 on Thursdays, but we're working, man, and we're trying to get our content out. And if it's 9 to 10 on Tuesdays a few weeks, we don't really care. Uh, thanks for all the support, and let's get going here, Dolby. Yeah, um, as everybody knows, Sunday was a really tough day for not only the NBA, but also America and, and the world as a whole. It seems like everybody was so touched uh, by the tragic death of both Kobe Bryant and his daughter Gianna. It, it It's really just shaken the whole country to its core, and it's been really beautiful, the messages that people have been sending or the, the moments that they've been sharing uh, throughout these past uh, tr- just really real trying times you know all your thoughts and prayers have to go out to the Bryant family as well as uh, to the families of the other seven that were claimed in this helicopter crash uh, outside of Calabasas California so we're gonna we're gonna open up the show with that just us remembering Kobe Bryant some of our favorite moments just what he meant to us uh, McClure I know you have been following his career and actually been a fan of basketball longer than I have been so uh, Kobe Bryant, what what did he mean to you, McClure? Kobe Bryant on the basketball court was an unbelievable talent, somebody who just brought a different mentality to the game and somebody that went balls to the wall every second of every game, went as hard as he could, and he made his teammates better. Now, he might have been a little bit up close and personal with his teammates, Dolby, but sometimes he, he made them better. And what he did on the basketball court was absolutely sensational. I became a fan of the NBA probably in 2008, 2009, right around when Kobe had his second stint there with the championships with with the Lakers, and he beat the Magic. I don't really remember that series that much, but I remember the 2010 series, 
against the Boston Celtics when they won that game seven when Ron Artest hit that uh, game-winning three against the Celtics to clinch that one in game seven. And Kobe Bryant, he was just – he was an unbelievable basketball player. And it isn't even just what he did on the court. It's what he did off the court and after he retired. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. He had so much more to give. And he – you see guys like Kyrie Irving, uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, guys that he talked to, talked to when he retired, after he retired, and was giving them tips and pointers about the game. And he just had a, a different mentality to the game of basketball. The Mamba mentality to me is somebody that doesn't care who's in your way. I'm going to do whatever I can to get to my goal. And as a future sports broadcaster and somebody who wants that wants to be a sports broadcaster in the future that's the kind of the mindset I need to have always going as hard as I can to get where I need to get to and and doing something I love each week here on this radio show and and doing everything in com radio and and other internships that I've done I just got to go balls to the wall kind of like Kobe did on the court and it, it was just a heartbreaking day on Sunday and I feel bad for for the Bryant family um, prayers and condolences to them prayers and condolences to his teammates uh, his friends and, and everybody who was involved with Kobe Bryant and it was just a very heartbreaking day I mean you, you, you see photos and and videos and everything of of the of the people waiting for uh, Kobe Bryant and and the others to arrive at the at the uh, Mamba Academy they were they were flying there in a helicopter that Kobe uh, typically takes everywhere. I mean, he, he started taking that helicopter in early in his career, and he just he found it way easier to get around in L.A. because you know how L.A. traffic can be yeah. and everything. And yeah. you know, Kobe Bryant being being the guy that he is, he wants to get everything done efficiently and as quickly as possible. But just the the scene that was there at the Mamba Academy, the players taking a knee, waiting in suspense for uh, for them to arrive. It was just, it's just so heartbreaking. And of course, uh, for Gianna as well, she had aspirations of playing basketball in college and possibly going to the WNBA. And Kobe spoke so fondly of her, of of his whole entire family. He was he was, he was a great family man, a a, a real uh, role model whenever it came to being a father and a husband. Um, but just how his how his eyes were it would just shined every time that he would okay. talk about yeah. his daughters, yeah. especially Gianna, because he knew that she had a little bit of that Mamba in him. <laughs> she 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 had that mentality that he had. He could see that in her from a young age. It's it's just so heartbreaking for me. Um, Kobe Bryant, as as a little kid, I didn't really like sports. I mean, I was more of a SpongeBob guy or like a Johnny <laughs> Bravo guy uh, for a while there. But once I started playing football in second grade. I, which would be what, like 2005, 2006. Uh, I started picking up a little bit of sports, started understanding a little bit. But uh, to start out, you know, I, I knew who Big Ben Roethlisberger was because my dad was a Steelers fan. And uh, I, I knew who Tiger Woods was because he was the only golfer I knew. As, as far as I was concerned, he was the only guy that played golf. And I knew who Shaquille O'Neal and Kobe Bryant were. Those were my four guys that I knew 
already. So as just a little kid who had no concept of, of the sport or concept of even competition at that point, um, just to know who Kobe Bryant is and, and, and to know that he's great. I knew who Kobe Bryant was before I knew who Michael Jordan was. And I knew that he was great before I knew anybody other than Tiger Woods basically was great. That's, that just speaks to his greatness, that he can reach basically any demographic, anybody, anywhere because of his greatness and just in, in his in how clutch he was. I mean, as a little kid, you got you play ball, uh, you know, in, in elementary school for recess and you pick your player, you know, some, some people are Tim Duncan. Uh, some people are Shaquille O'Neal. I'm Kobe Bryant. I mean, that's, that's the guy I knew. That's who I wanted to represent. And, uh, I always, I also thought his name was so cool and he was just, he was just such, such a star. And he, he was also just so talented as far as off the court was concerned. And, uh, the appreciation that everybody has. I mean, LeBron James in tears, Shaquille O'Neal in tears, Shaquille O'Neal, somebody who, and we were, we were talking about it on the car right here. You know, he, you said he hadn't talked to Kobe in four years, yeah, basically about four years since he had retired. And, um, and you know, Shaq, Shaq and Kobe had their spats and they're kind of like, uh, Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, like, well, was one greater than the other, but I mean, Cody, Kobe got two rings without Shaq. So th- that, that's part of that debate there. But, Shaquille O'Neal just in tears even his his best teammate as well as probably his best competitor his best rival on the court as well uh losing him just it just hurts everybody so much and uh it, games have been postponed and players have been taking personal days Chris Paul we saw uh take a personal day last night it's uh it's just it's just so sad I I couldn't believe it because some somebody like Kobe Bryant you think he's invincible yeah, you really do you know you never think this guy is gonna die it, just watching him, greats like that, you know, Peyton Manning, uh, Tom Brady, Brady. Uh, LeBron James. It seems like these Jordan. people are, yeah, Michael Jordan. These people are larger than life. Uh, they're healthy. I mean, they're athletes. So, of course, uh, they're all in clean bills of health. It's just, it's just so shocking. And it just reminds you every day that, you know, life, it doesn't last forever. And you never know whenever you're going to go. You never know uh, when it's your time, so you need to cherish your you need to cherish every moment that you have. You need to cherish your family members. You need to cherish your friends. You you just never know when something uh, so sudden and so tragic can happen. It's just it really opens your eyes, and and even more so, you never know whenever your dream can be cut short. Kobe Bryant's dream didn't just end on the basketball no, it didn't. court. It extended past that. He, he had his Mamba Academy. He wanted to teach young people the game of basketball, the right way to play basketball. He was a producer, a director. I mean, he, he had so much creativity and so much drive, so much passion. Uh, you never know whenever your dream is going to be able to cut short. So every moment that you can, you need to, you need to pursue that dream, that passion, the way that Mamba did. Yes, and sir. just in the same way that he – absolute psychopath as far as I'm concerned, and how he really just was so driven. But at the same time, you can see all the results and you can see how the whole world feels right now by his tragic passing. It's just, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, and you, you said it, Dolby, exactly. It's just, it's really tough to see somebody like that that you think, like you said, would live forever. It kind of seems like he's a larger-than-life superhero. And another point, you know, I, I wasn't the biggest fan of the Lakers, and I've rooted against the Lakers probably more so than not. Yeah, I probably did. But uh, could you just imagine being from L.A., being a Lakers fan, and you were our age, and we're 22 years old, 
that was your that was your hero, man. Yeah. You didn't think any you, if you were a Lakers fan during our, our time, pretty much. You didn't see Michael Jordan and Magic Johnson, Kareem. Kobe Bryant is the the goat to some people, and uh, it's just it's really sad. And after he retired, he still had aspirations to to you know maybe whatever it was with him, whether it is you know the Mamba brand or whatever he was trying to extend that or keep. Uh, relationships with family members and friends and try to grow better relationships with them it's just it's really sad and well, my prayers and, and thoughts are to everybody uh, who, who played with him and, and his friends his family it's just a very sad day in the NBA and I like what the NBA has done uh, with, with the teams that have played they've you know held held it for a 24 second violation and then the eight uh, second to get it past half court I'd love to see that it's just been a difficult time for the NBA, but if you know Kobe, and, and, and Allen Iverson said this, he, he said, if you know Kobe, you know we're going we're gonna to get through this one way or another. That's what he pretty much said. And Allen Iverson you know, was somebody that was a competitor against Kobe, and uh, it, it's just – it's lost in the finals. Too, yeah, yeah. And, he, and not only that, he wore a shirt that – he wore the shirt that Kobe was – it was a shirt that had Kobe on it when he won the title against the 76ers. So that's what – that's that's the bottom line right there, uh, just how many people respected him and, and wanted to be like him in one way or another. It's just it, – it's it's very tough, and it, that's that's pretty much all I, I can say. Uh, I'm just I'm – just, I'm so in shock, and I've thought about – this a lot over the last few days and uh it's just always been on my mind i you know every time i open up twitter i see something and it just reminds me of you got to put life in perspective you got to take today for today and not look forward so much to tomorrow because you got to make the most out of today because you never know when it can end and it it was just it's very difficult uh but the nba will get through it LeBron said on his Instagram post that he's going to carry us is what he said. And he's going to, you know, let's see what happens with the Lakers moving forward and see how t- mentally tough they are and see if they can finish this season on a, on a tough and positive note. It's going to be interesting. But it, it was a, it was a d- tough day for the NBA on Sunday, and it's going to be a tough day or tough uh, long time, and we're going to remember Kobe forever. Mamba forever, man. Mamba forever. Yeah. It's just, it's it's just it's just really hard to get over. It's like you said, I I still don't believe it. I didn't believe it. I was taking a shower. I was literally listening to the presser of LeBron James after he passed Kobe for the all-time points scored, and he's just he's just sharing all these different him and Kobe stories, and he's laughing and he's smiling and he's saying, well, I mean, I can't go into all these stories. They're just too long and detailed and. Um, he's just he's talking about fate in the universe and how everything lines up and how everything you know happens for a reason how he passed uh, Kobe Bryant's uh, third all-time points scored uh, in a career in Philadelphia where Kobe Bryant is from and you know he he did it in some odd time frame and just and how Kobe was he said Kobe was proud of him and everything like that and he he was 
looking forward to talking to him. And then all of a sudden, I mean, I get out of the shower and I, I dry off. I go and I, I check Twitter, and that's the first thing that pops up is the TMZ report. And it's just like, well, this is fake. This is everybody Morgan thought Freeman, it was fake. You know, Morgan Freeman part two, basically. Like, there, there's no way it was like he thought it was some kind of uh, farce or some kind of prank or something, and it just. And then reports start flooding out, you know, there's other people involved and it could be his family members. And it, it was just it it was just crazy how every everybody, though, was reacting and just, you know, you, you sit in a classroom and you throw a ball of paper at a trash can. You say Kobe, you do, you know, that's just that's just the culture that we grow up in in America. Kobe Bryant was part of that culture. He he transcended sports. He transcended you know he transcends race he transcends law he transcends it all i mean as a person it just he, he was he was just like he was just a very good guy he was just so impactful in so many people's lives my dad he was texting me as soon as he heard the news and you know he's he likes the nba he's not that big of an nba guy and you know he was he was shook i mean he he was close to tears about the news because he had watched him play his whole career and he saw the evolution that he went through and you know Kobe Bryant got into that into some legal trouble and you know, he he wasn't that he wasn't a mature player at first and he he wasn't all there in the head and he was just kind of out there balling and then you see this progression of his life and how he truly matured into just a wise man that uh, that people could come to for advice almost like a godfather type figure it's just it's crazy McClure, do you have any you know specific moments or anything that that you particularly particularly remember Kobe Bryant by yeah I, I remember I was I was trying to figure out a few moments and one of my favorite Kobe moments was uh, they they had a game in the garden uh, it was uh, February 2nd 2000 I believe 2009. And he dropped 61 on the Knicks. <laughs> and uh, it was just incredible. I remember sitting there and watching that game. I, I remember that was like one of the first games I really remember watching in the NBA. And he's just going off for 60. It didn't matter. It was a three-pointer. It was a fadeaway from, from the baseline. Uh, it was incredible. That's one of my, fav- one of my favorite, f- favorite Kobe moments, one of my first ever really Kobe moments. And another one is his last game as a Laker and his last game in the NBA. We watched it last night yeah. against the Utah Jazz when he dropped 60, shot 22 of 50 from the field, and just took over the game in the fourth quarter. And I remember sitting there with my dad watching that game. We it was on ESPN too because ESPN had the Warriors and I believe they were playing the Grizzlies. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but that was to get the seven three seventy three and nine. They had both games on ESPN, and I remember not really even watching that Warriors game because I was so locked in on what Kobe was going to do. And there's a really cool backstory about that game that I saw Mike Tirico put something on Twitter. He said beautiful story. Yeah, about how he had fifty eight points or fifty nine points at the free throw line and Gordon Hayward stepped in front of the line for sh- like a, a free throw violation in case he missed it. I mean that's the just kind to of respect yeah that just to, for him to get to sixty. That's the kind of respect that people showed this guy. And it was that is a great moment for me in Kobe and Kobe history and his and Kobe NBA history, 
and uh, and then obviously the 81 points against the Raptors. Oh God, yeah. Uh, those were my top three moments. I think for for uh, my my top three mo- Kobe moments for me, and that's probably a lot of people's top three. Maybe if you were a Lakers fan, one of those NBA Finals he was won. Yeah. But I didn't really root for the Lakers to win those <laughs> NBA mm-hmm. Finals. So maybe maybe the one. The one I rooted for him was the against the Boston Celtics, but uh, in 2010. But that might have been it. That might have been it. Uh, all great moments. I mean, the 81 game definitely sticks out to me as well in uh, 06. But uh, other than that, for me, they, they they came off the court, and it would be uh, well not off the court. I guess Kobe Bryant on Christmas was a tradition that I. You know, I'm I'm a big family guy, and my my family split up, and so I, I do Thanksgiving with my mom and Christmas with my dad. And uh, my mom's not a big sports fanatic, but uh, you know, NBA was always on uh, on Christmas whenever I was with my dad, and and the Lakers were always playing. And I just remember as a little kid, you know, I'm watching Kobe <laughs> Bryant tonight. I'm watching Kobe Bryant tonight, and I would sit and I'd watch those games just because I I understood the greatness and my and my dad specifically. He'd be like, you know, keep an eye on this guy. He's going to be one of the all time greats. He already, he, you know, he already was getting there, but he 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 knew exactly who he was. And just as a little kid, you you could tell the greatness that he had. So spending time with my father and and bonding over basketball would be uh, one for for Kobe, and two would be him and uh, his in his daughter Gianna on the on these on the uh, side of oh. that WNBA WNBA game where they're really bonding and he's really breaking things down yeah. for her and you can tell she's really into it yeah. and you could just tell right there That's how much one. family means to Kobe Bryant and how much ever you know his daughter's success and just spending time with with his family really meant that to me is beautiful because these people you know they're larger than life most of the time but you see them spending time with their family you see them doing stuff that you know regular people do and you really have an appreciation for that because they find time out of everything to uh, to make time for those that, that they love most so uh kobe bryant uh, rest in peace man you know uh, legends never die no, and, they don't. and neither do heroes so rest in peace mamba we're gonna cut to commercial break unless mcclure has something you know, oh yeah go ahead. i got break. it man. we'll be right back with uh we're gonna wrap up nba monday the games that happened yesterday we're also gonna go over our sprite cranberry locks of the day stick with us we'll be right back Hey guys, glad to have you back with us live on Half Court with Logan Dolby and Matt McClure on Calm Radio. I didn't want to throw up yesterday. Yeah, and I mentioned this last week on the show. They just they they look lazy at times. They really do. They look not into it at all. And they were down eight at the half, and I thought in the second half they could have possibly make a, a little push there on your home court, but they just they weren't able to do that at all. You got to give credit to the Cavaliers; they played great in this one. Colin Sexton, how about him, Dolby? He's really looked good in his sophomore year this year in the NBA for the Cleveland Cavaliers, and Kevin Love still doing what he does, man. Twenty and seven, and in a great game for him. But it's just – it's really disappointing from what I've seen from the Detroit Pistons. I thought Dwayne Casey was going to bring a different culture there to Detroit. He was very successful, won Coach of the Year uh, for the Toronto Raptors and just was unable to kind of get it going 
here this season for the Detroit Pistons, and it's really been tough for them this year, and they're going to have to turn it around fast in the next few few weeks if they want to compete for that eight seed, but it just hasn't been good for the Detroit Pistons this year. It, it really hasn't, and they got to turn it around. I don't know if it's Blake Griffin being out for an extended period of time, the Andre Drummond drama, but they got to fix it. To be honest with you, though, I don't. I don't think Blake Griffin would make that much of a difference. I, on this I agree. Team. This, this team agree. is full of a bunch of sorry role players, and they're not even role players. Like you're talking about, like Christian Wood. You're talking about Svee Mikai Luke starting. Like he's just like a, a dredge second round pick that LA d- didn't even care about keeping. Whenever they were looking for three point scoring, that's about all he gives you, and he doesn't even do that well. You're talking Reggie Jackson getting significant minutes. This dude has been so overhyped his whole entire career. He hasn't really produced at all. He's definitely not a point guard one in my opinion opinion he doesn't get enough done and Andre Drummond I mean he put up 12 shots if if this is on Andre Drummond yesterday against the Cavaliers you got, you got nobody else on the team you got Thon Maker getting 17 minutes <laughs> putting up five shots beyond the arc he are started. you kidding me dude yeah he start him Svee Mikhailuk started and Sekou Domboya the the uh, the rookie this this year so if, I, if I'm Andre Drummond and I'm playing for a contract I'm playing for a contract extension or I want to get paid this summer you, you think you're putting up more than 12 points, right? Or you're trying to get you're cr- trying to create more t- contact than he already did. Shot one for two from the free throw line. You have to at least get to the line eight to ten times if you're Andre Drummond. He was the only truly he would have been the only truly dominant player on the court. But of course, no Derrick Rose, no Blake Griffin. It is your time to shine, big fella. And what'd you do? You conceded to Thon Maker and Sekou Domboya. Are you serious, Andre Drummond? You stink, your team stinks, your coach stinks, and your city stinks. Oh, my gosh. I'm so tired of the Detroit Pistons. I wish they could just go away. I wish that the NBA (laughs) was like soccer over in Europe where they're moving people up and down. I I mean, put Kentucky in the NBA for God's sakes. Put Duke in the NBA for God's sakes. I'm so sick and tired of the Detroit Pistons. 9-18 at home, 17-31 overall. Same thing every year. Same thing every year with this Pistons team. It really is. And they've always been this mediocre team. They haven't been good since the early 2000s when they had Chauncey Billups and Rasheed Wallace. They haven't been good uh, since then, really. I really can't. And Rip Hamilton was a part of that squad, too. Don't Coatesville, Rip. Rip Hamilton around my area. Got to respect him, too, as well. He was on that team with uh, Billups and uh, Rasheed Wallace. But since then, this team has been garbage. They they really have been. And they got to just start playing better. They got to play with some heart and passion, man. That's what they need to do because right now they're going through the motions. And if they continue to do that, they're going to be sitting here like they are right now at 17 and 31. They are not they are not winning 40 games. They might not get 38 game win win 38 games. They might they, not win 30, 30 games. games. The way they're playing, yeah. The way they're playing, it's, they might not win 30 games. So they they have just really disappointed me this year and we'll see what happens with this team. They they might break up, honestly. I wouldn't be surprised if Derrick Rose goes. We'll see about. They need to trade Rose yeah. at the deadline or yeah, before, yeah. Uh, without what, a doubt. What's Blake Griffin's future? And honestly, who cares? Are, and and yeah, what's Blake Griffin's future? And honestly, what's good with this uh, Andre Drummond thing? You're going to build around him, or he, is he gone too? We'll have to see. Blow it all up. 
Who cares? I if you're Detroit, you blow it up. I think you do. It, it's not working. It hasn't worked. And, and your patchwork front office has put together an even worse product on the court. I, I, I'm sick and tired of them. I hate watching them play basketball. It was really, it was just, it was a bad game to watch. Really? It was just like Shetty Osman playing 23 minutes. <laughs> Tristan Thompson, actually very surprising. He uh, He's having a little resurgence in his career. You like to see it from the young fella. You know, he, he was looking kind of fat there for two or three years. The Kardashians <laughs> really got their hooks into him. But, you know, he, he's clawing his way back out. I think he realizes that his contract is coming back up. Uh, Darius Garland, of course, is still trying to find his shot. Went three of 10 from the field last night for the Cleveland Cavaliers. But all in all, good team victory for the Cavaliers and extremely disappointing for the Detroit Pistons, uh, one of my least favorite teams in the NBA. Orlando uh, made a short trip over, or I guess down, (laughs) to Miami, and uh, they got their butts whooped, 113-92. to Um, pretty, Pretty bad loss here for the Magic. Nobody was really impressive. The only person that I was truly impressed with in the whole game was Bam Adebayo, who continues to create this hype around himself and, and as a 21 year old 22 year old he's he's looking at a uh, at an, an all-star game bid right in the face he has sh- truly developed into an, a, a dominant scorer down low a guy who's going to bring you energy and punch in the paint he was very impressive he recorded a triple double 20 10 and 10 last night against the lowly Orlando Magic yeah bam out of bio deserves to be in the all-star game uh, or triple-double, excuse me. You already mentioned the stats, but every starter for the Heat with a a plus-minus in the plus range, Jimmy Butler plus 20, Myers Leonard plus 24, Duncan Robinson plus 25. Those are big-time stats there from the Miami Heat, and they've just continued to look strong, 21-2 and at home, one of the best home records in the NBA. They are a strong team, man, and I said it last week. I'll say it this week. You don't want to sleep on the Miami Heat. You got Jimmy Butler. You got the uh, assassin's mentality in him where he's going to go at you and doesn't care who's in front of you, kind of like the Mamba mentality. And if you have that on your squad, you're going to be successful. Magic coming off a back-to-back, really tough uh, to, to win this one on the road. Really didn't have a shot. They cut it to like five at one point in the game. But – they just didn't get really any production from anybody. Aaron Gordon with only 13. Vucevic with 13. Markel Fultz with 12. He's shown some flashes, like I said last week, but really just had no shot in this one. No, no shot at all. <clears throat> Whenever you're starting uh, Birch at your at your center. I mean, they <laughs> they started three centers last night uh, and, then, and then two point guards. So Orlando Magic, <clears throat> 20 and 27 on the, on the season, but at the same time, uh, who cares? Because that roster's assembled so poorly. It seems like I mean they they had they had twelve players to fifteen players play last night because they just they were playing so poorly. Um, like you said, kept it close uh, in the first half, but then and then they fell apart there in the second half. Which uh, Miami is known to dismantle teams at home. Uh, looking to see if they can beat Boston tonight. Uh, they were down last time I checked, but the Miami Heat continue to roll man i mean jimmy butler he's the man he's 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 a big man on campus he really did change the didn't exactly change the culture i'd say he he was a perfect fit fit for that culture exactly like you know he he just eric spolster's out there trying on gloves and that jimmy butler just fit perfectly it was ridiculous he's been leading this team outrageously i mean duncan robinson again six of nine 
from from beyond the arc. Very impressed with him so far in his career. I mean, he was undrafted free agent, and look what, what he's become in this system. Very impressive. And the role players are doing a good job, too. I mean, Goran Dragic, who people have been talking about, he's on the trade block for uh, for about three years now, it seems like. Um, he put up 14 last night and five assists. So, I mean, they just get contributions everywhere. They really just – nobody slacks on that team, which is the complete opposite of the Detroit Pistons. Uh, but Miami Heat taking home the victory, 113-92. Now we're going to get to some halfway decent games. Uh, I felt like yesterday – I know you did as well, yes, McClure. Uh, the Dallas Mavericks traveled to Oklahoma City to face the Thunder last night. Luka Doncic, 29 points, 11 rebounds, 5 assists. Um, the Mavs, 10-point victory. They look good. I mean, Oklahoma City put clamps on them there towards the end of the game, but it, it wasn't enough because the, this Dallas Mavericks team, whenever Kristaps Porzingis and, and Luka Doncic are playing well, they are very, very difficult to stop. Yeah, and they got up early in this game and never looked back. And they, they played great. They played really good, and their stars came out and showed out. Luka Doncic with 29 points. He's really, really, really good, and he just can put the game on his back, and he's been really good this year. I love the also the addition of Seth Curry this year. He's really played well. He had a 15, was a plus 16. He's really hitting the three ball for them, and that's been huge for the Dallas Mavericks, somebody that he's literally just a spark plug from three. And it's really been big for the Dallas Mavericks this year. Now, free throws, they only got to the line nine times in this game, which isn't a good number. And they were still able to to get the job done and win this one. You're going to have to get to the line a little bit more. They shot 37% from three around. That's okay. And you probably want that to be a little bit higher. But this team is really good, and they're young, and they came ready to play in this game last night. And that's a good Thunder team that they played. You mentioned how good the defense looked in the fourth quarter of the Oklahoma City Thunder. But when you have star power like the Mavericks do, it just doesn't matter at times. And they hit some big shots late and secured this win by 10. Nice win by the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah, no Chris Paul there. Uh, Really hurt Oklahoma City. I know I've been trashing on him. All year long, but at the same time, he he's really shown to be that leader. Shea Gilgis Alexander couldn't quite take over in this game, although he did have ten rebounds. Uh, he scored sixteen points, but that was on twenty attempts, so very inefficient. None of their scores could really get going. They couldn't find their shots early, and that just continued throughout the game. Danilo Gallinari uh, shot thirty three percent. Like I said, Gilgis Alexander he he shot twenty five percent, and um, <clears throat> Dennis Schroeder shot uh, about 40%, a little a shade under 40%. So uh, not a great game from from the guys that they rely on heavily to put the ball in the basket. Lugens Dort gets a start, the rookie out of Arizona State. You got to like to see that because, I mean, I love the dude's name, the big German. Uh, Lugens Dort got 26 minutes, didn't play all that great, but he was plus two on the plus minus. So um, he plays very good defense. He is, he is known active. to lock down. Yes, he is very active, active hands, everything like that. Dallas Mavericks uh, were a plus on the rebounding side. So that was the difference as well as uh, just two guys that could go out and get a shot in Chris Stapps and Luka. Uh, good games by them. Uh, Oklahoma City, kind of a disappointing loss at home. But uh, I think they can afford to lose a few. Sure. Uh, 
The Sacramento Kings. Oh, oh my wow. God. At Minnesota Timberwolves last night. Went to overtime and Sacktown pulls a victory out of the jaws of defeat. A 113 to 129 in overtime Kings victory. Insane ending of the game in an wow. insane fourth quarter, McClure. It was just nutty. Like I couldn't believe what I was seeing last night. It was insane. <laughs> I mean, I could because it's the Minnesota Timberwolves and it's Andrew Wiggins and company. And, and uh, they they love to choke away any kind of games, and they love to play no defense. So did this surprise me? Not in the slightest. Uh, they're they are a very bad basketball team. Uh, I've continued to say this throughout the year. These guys stink. They they play with no heart, with no soul. This was absolutely crushing for that franchise. This this defeat last night. I mean, this is one of the worst defeats that I can remember in a while, as far as in the blowing, regular season. Yeah, yeah, exactly. As far as blowing a lead is concerned, it's just <laughs> these guys were piss poor last night. They really were. And you you blew a twenty seven point lead. In this game, if you're the Minnesota Timberwolves, everything looked to be great, and then you give up 41 points in the fourth quarter, and you score 22. <laughs> oh what? God, dude. What? How does that happen? You you dominated the team for three or against this team for three quarters, and you just come out and lay an egg in the fourth. You got to give credit to Sacramento for their heart and and how they came back in this game. But if you're the Minnesota Timberwolves, this is a really bad loss and one that you need to win. You you got to win it. It's the Sacramento Kings. They've been bad this year on your home floor. You're 8 or no, you're 6 and 18 on your home floor this year. The Minnesota Timberwolves. Andrew Wiggins, he had a nice night with 36 points, but that's all the dude does. He doesn't play any defense. And you saw it there in the fourth quarter how the Kings were able to come back in that game. Buddy Heald with a huge night. He had 42 points off the bench for the Kings. They put him in that bench roll, and it's worked out for him. Now, that's not going to be always for Buddy Heald. It's not always going to happen for him. He's probably going to mix and match there or coming off the bench and, and start. But he had a big night. And how about that play by De'Aaron Fox at the end of the game when he shot the free throw and came right back at him and he laid it home to tie it. And then they took care of business in overtime. I knew from that moment when they tied that game at 129 that they were going to win it in overtime. I thought there was no way the Timberwolves were going to win once it got to overtime. And I was right, 133-129. Really, really bad performance by the Minnesota Timberwolves in that fourth quarter. Got to give credit, though, to the Kings. Nice win. Nice win, especially, like you said, for Buddy Hield. 42 points, career high there. He scored 20 in the fourth quarter. And, I mean, he was just feeling himself. It was – if that was like his Kobe Bryant tribute game, basically. He took 24 shots. <laughs> I mean, he, he put up a mad amount of points. He, he was the one who was clutching it out, getting – just moving his squad towards a victory. And then, like you said, De'Aaron Fox, really just a big boy move there. That was a seasoned veteran type of play. And he clanked it perfectly off the front of that rim, gathered his own rebound, and just flipped it right back up into the basket to tie it. That was a beautiful ending for the Kings. I just I dislike the Minnesota Timberwolves. I'm glad they lost this game. Oh, yeah. They do nothing but choke away big they're, leads. They are not impressive to me in any sense of the word. They're, they're the Pistons of the West. 
They really are just <laughs> always mediocre, just can't get out of their own way, it seems like. And I was watching a YouTube video the other night while I was uh, taking a shower, or the other day whenever I was taking a shower, and it was just their mishaps in the in the NBA draft for the past 10 years. And just the players they missed on, and uh, that the draft where they drafted the point, they drafted Ricky Rubio, and then a point guard right behind Ricky Rubio, and then the, like the next pick is Steph Curry, and it's just like, you can see why this team sucks today and, and how their rosters assembled. Their reserves absolutely crapped the bed last night. I mean, Keita Bates-Diop, a uh, young player out of Ohio State, was minus 27 wow. last night for the plus-minus. So it's just a whole team effort there from the Sacramento Kings. They really showed some guts, really showed some balls last night. And the Minnesota Timberwolves Wolves looked like they were neutered. And, how, and also, how can you shoot 60%? as a team from the free throw line at home 20 for 33 that's unacceptable if you're the if you are the Minnesota Timberwolves 6 and 18 at home guys that is terrible you're not protecting your home court you're letting everybody walk all over it and it is just a shame uh that this Timberwolves team isn't any good they got great fans there and they just have not produced the only guy that they've drafted right, I'd say Dolby is Carl Anthony Towns. Other than That's that, they missed Kevin Love. Yeah, Kevin Love and, and KG. That's oh, it. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> a long time ago. Yeah, a long time ago. <laughs> That's it. I, this is a really, really bad loss for these Minnesota Timberwolves. The Houston Rockets took a little trip up north to Utah <laughs> to face the Jazz, a game that will haunt my nightmares for years and years to come. I will probably never forget this game. Uh, as the Utah Jazz were 14.5-point favorites going into it, they had a fully healthy team. Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, Mike Conley. I mean, the list goes on and on. Jordan Clarkson was playing. It just every everybody who plays for this Joe team. Angles. Joe Ingles. Yeah, Joe Angles was playing. Everybody was playing last night. And uh, the Rockets were without James Harden. They were without Russell Westbrook. And they were without Clint Capella, basically their big three. Uh, Eric Gordon was the only one left. And, of course, it was the Eric Gordon show last night. Put up a career-high 50 points to take over the game. I mean, it just seemed like... Any time, and by the way, the the Utah Jazz lost one twenty six to one seventeen at home, uh, which has they they have <laughs> if been you absolute, didn't know. Yeah, if if you couldn't tell by the way that I was talking, uh, they they were eighteen and three at home before the game. Uh, they were thirty two and thirteen overall. While the Rockets, uh, they're they're sniffing up behind them there in the Western Conference uh, standing. So you figured that maybe the Utah Jazz would play with some guts last night, and uh, they came out looked ex- extremely flat footed, looked disinterested completely. Uh, in the game, I mean, we've got the replay on right now on NBA TV. Uh, but anytime that Eric Gordon touched the ball, it se- it was going in. I mean, it was it was crazy to watch his performance last night. The guts that he showed, just knowing that it was basically just him. He took 22 shots. Uh, he, like I said, had 50 points. He had six rebounds, three assists, of course, because every time he touched it, he put it up in 38 minutes, no less. I mean, 50 points in 38 minutes, six of 11 from beyond the arc, and 16 for 20 at the free throw line. It, it wasn't just like you know he was putting up shots and they weren't going in, or he was putting up shots and they were forcing him to. you know pass the ball around a little bit no he was going straight at the teeth of that defense he was going right at Rudy Gobert multiple time NBA defensive player of the year and he was making him his 
just whatever you want to say. I mean, he was just making it his little brother. I mean, it was <laughs> it was terrible. It was just a disgusting performance. It was nice to watch for Eric Gordon and fans of the Houston Rockets. It was very bad for those of us who had money on the game. Uh, but as far as the Jazz side is concerned, if you bet on Houston to start the game, I mean, they were plus 850 uh, going were. into the game, so it was ridiculous. If, if you put any sorts of money on it, I mean, you had a nice little return there. Uh, but the Houston Rockets, very impressive victory basically without all their starters. Uh, I think P.J. Tucker started as, as their center last night, so it was very impressive victory for the Houston Rockets. Disgusting loss for the Utah Jets. Yeah, they they did not come out ready to play, and it was really from the opening quarter. Houston outscored them 28-20, to 20, and they outscored them again in, in the second quarter, 31-26. You mentioned Eric Gordon, 50 points. Unbelievable performance from Eric Gordon. Without Harden, without Westbrook, without Capella, you go out there in this game – Put the team on your back, and you really show out. And they needed every bit of that 50 points. Now, they did win this game by nine, but he was a main reason why. And he attacked the hole. He went to the free throw line 20 times in this game. He was unbelievable. They went with a little smaller lineup there because they they, they got really no one off their bench because Clint Capella – James and, and Russell Westbrook weren't playing. And they went small. It worked out for them. And the Utah defense was non-existent in this game. Non-existent. I'm watching this game in the fourth quarter. When you think the Jazz might make a run back and, and have a shot to win this game. And I couldn't believe how many open threes I saw. Or just open shots that... They were letting the Rockets have Austin Rivers had a a big night. Daniel House Jr. had a big night. And they were just open looks. Open looks. The Jazz were lazy. They were disinterested. And it showed in this game because they got beat up by a, a Houston Rockets team with no real star power on it in this game. You let Eric Gordon drop 50. You let Austin Rivers and and House drop 21 apiece, and you get absolutely beat up. And it was really bad performance by the Utah Jazz. And every single time you thought they were going to get back in the game, they didn't at all. They let Houston go to the free throw line 49 times, so they didn't play good defense. They were hacking and That was huge in this game, and then they only went to the free throw line 26 times. So that's a big key there. They shot shot the ball relatively well. They shot 50%, but they didn't make their threes early on in this game, finished 12 of 42, and it was just a really bad performance. Joe Ingles, 1 of 7 from 3. Donovan Mitchell, 3 of 10. You're not going to win doing that. And it showed in this game. The only real spark plug for them is Bogdanovich. He had an unbelievable night, and what a pickup he's been for them. But uh, just a really bad loss by the Utah Jazz when you have three or your whole squad against a, a depleted Houston Rockets team, and you go out and do that embarrassing performance by them. Extremely embarrassing performance. I could not believe what my eyes were seeing last night. I, I'm watching the Utah Jazz, and they're down by 10 at halftime, and you got to figure they're at home. They've got all their players that are coming back. No, anytime they got a little bit of momentum, anytime they hit a three and he thought, this is it, this is that spark that's gonna, that is going to start that run that you've been waiting for all game as a Utah Jazz fan, and it just never 
happened. It would be they'd hit a three, they'd give up, like you said, a wide open three. You, a perfect analysis there. They would, their defense was so sloppy, they would be collapsing on on one person driving the basketball while leaving three shooters wide, wide open. open. Wide open. Beyond the arc. And you know that's that's Houston's game yeah. is they shoot the three. You know that's it. And they had no center. No. They didn't have game. any. They had, they, so you know they're going to shoot the three. They had P.J. Tucker as their center against <laughs> Rudy Gobert. He should have had 45 points. He really He was up. complaining and moaning earlier this season about how he doesn't get enough touches. And then he goes out and he lays an egg against his team. It was disgusting. The defense was so useless. The Utah Jazz looked like a bunch of little girls out there. They were playing so soft. They were just cream-filled little Twinkies out there, dilly-dally-dilly, walking up and walking back, and they had no hustle. They had no gumption. They had nothing. They they didn't look like they wanted to win that game whatsoever. They just didn't From care. They just didn't care. Donovan Mitchell, and I typically talk about this with Andrew Wiggin. Wiggin, he puts up the most just stat line that just doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. Donovan Mitchell's stat line, he put up 36 points last night. It didn't matter because he played like crap regardless. It's one of those games where you got to watch the game and you to can't really just look at happened. the stats because Bogdanovich was really the only player that played well. He was the only one hitting clutch shots whenever they needed him. He was that guy who everybody figured he was at least I figured he was he was going to be starting that that nice little that nice little breakaway that they needed and it just was not that. Rudy Gobert shot the ball 5 times last night. And Mike Conley, yeah, I swear to God, really if I catch Mike Conley in the streets, <laughs> one of us is dying. <laughs> I can promise you that. Listeners out there, the, McClure in the studio, anybody watching on YouTube, Mike Conley, I am coming after that guy. Five turnovers and five personal fouls, and I swear to God that came he with really... all those came with eight minutes left to go in the game. He was he was terrible. He really he was. Looked like garbage, and I'm t- and I really thought Mike Conley was going to be a nice addition to this team. He hasn't done jack squat this whole year. He has been the most useless addition anybody has made at all. This offseason addition was absolutely pointless. He is only averaging 12 points a game and under a 12-player efficiency rating. I'm seeing way better player efficiency ratings from most rookies this year. That's how disgusting Mike Conley looks. He looks like absolute garbage. He would have he would have wide open like he'd already be fouled and he you know how they do they trot up and they do a little layup and he'd miss those and he's turning the ball over every time I'm watching these guys every time that I watch Utah Jazz guard touch the ball last night they're trying to make way too much happen and they. Lose the ball right next to the rim. They're not, they were not making good passes. They were being extremely sloppy with their ball handling, and they were playing no defense. And guess what? You get you go out and you lose the game. And I will not forget about this game whenever it comes to playoff time. And I highly doubt anybody else will because they saw this little chink in the armor that the armor that yeah. you present to everybody else in the NBA whenever you go out there and you try and dominate, which the Utah Jazz have been doing. And then you go out here and you drop an egg against a team that has mostly reserves playing. Oh, my God. <laughs> Get out of here. Utah Jazz, you're trash. No, yeah. I, hey, I mean, that, that was the question. Uh, it was uh, how the Utah Jazz were uh, going to be this season. And they've been pretty good in the regular season one, uh, 10 or 11 games in a row. But we haven't really seen them in playoff action do uh, that well. And this is the year that people are expecting a little bit more from the Utah Jazz. 
and they're gonna have to they're gonna have to be better uh, to make a run in the playoffs because you see games like this, it makes you think maybe they're just not ready yet. But they haven't been ready for a while. This was a really bad loss for them, and I think it was a really good win for the Houston Rockets. And they've had a little up and down, been up and down to start this year and the first half of this year. Let's see if this win starts to ignite a fire in that team a little bit, and let's see if they start racking up some wins. Yeah, it's got to be a huge piece of momentum for them to move forward uh, for the season. Our last game that we watched yesterday was a pretty crazy one. Went down to the wire. It was actually very entertaining to watch. Uh, the Spurs went to Chicago, faced the Bulls, and it was it was a close one. Bulls came out on top after trailing big in the fourth quarter, but they won 110-109, came down to the very last second, came down to free throws at the very end of the game. McClure, uh, what, what do you got for us in this game? Yeah, this was a really t- tough one for the San Antonio Spurs to lose because they were up. Big there in the fourth quarter, had a 90-82 lead, and things were looking really good for them. But then Zach Levine happened in the fourth quarter. He was unbelievable shooting from everywhere, hitting some big shots. They took the lead. Then the Spurs came back there in the fourth quarter. And I'll tell you what, Jakob Pertle, <laughs> are you kidding me? And with him at the free throw line, just Every time he went to the free throw line, you knew he was missing it. He was 2-7 of seven or something from the free throw line. I Terrible. think he was 2-7. of seven. And they were playing hack-a-shack, the Bulls were, to get the, the ball back, and it worked. Yeah. It worked. It was a great strategy. It really was. It was a great strategy. And the Spurs were coming off a back-to-back after a tough game against the Toronto Raptors. I thought on the road against the Bulls team that's been – Okay this year, a little bit better than last year, but really hasn't surprised me whatsoever to see if they could get a win in this one. But they just did a great job in the fourth quarter to steal this game, and Zach Levine was a major reason why. He didn't really have a good first half or a good first three quarters, but at the fourth quarter, he started to catch fire, got his team back in it. They eventually took the lead. He made his two free throws there at the end of the game. I thought it was a questionable call. I didn't think he got fouled. It was a very questionable call. But then but, the Spurs got one back. But then the Spurs got one back, and DeMar DeRozan missed the free throws. Or missed one, out, or he made one out of two. He missed the one that would have tied it. Mm-hmm. And it, that was that. And DeMar DeRozan had a nice night with 36 points, kept his team in it. But when they needed him most at the end, he just couldn't come through. And that's been the story of his career in the NBA. Just unable to make big shots and big moments. And I know this is just a regular season game against the Bulls. And you guys are not really having good good seasons. But that's a prime example right there of just not getting it done. I like DeMar DeRozan as a player. I think he could... He's a really good scorer from two-point. He really doesn't have that much of a three-point shot, but it just seems he comes up short in big games and big scenarios in the regular season and in the playoffs, and this was just another example of that. It really – it's got to hurt for the San Antonio Spurs because, I mean, you're right there. You're sitting in ninth right now in the standings for the for the Western Conference. You're you're going to be three games back here from the Memphis Grizzlies if they end up closing out the game uh, tonight against the Denver Nuggets at home. Uh, but 
you 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 have to have this victory against a lowly Bulls team that really hasn't been all that great either on the road or at home. I mean, a little bit better. They, they still have a losing record at home, though. They don't play that well against decent competition, which you have to think the San Antonio Spurs are decent competition. They had no LaMarcus Aldridge last night, but uh, the, the Bulls were without Laurie Markkinen and without Wendell Carter Jr., two of their young big men down low, so you figured the, the Spurs would have an advantage down there. And, of course... They were up big, they blow a big lead, and the two guys they traded Kawhi for basically ended up blowing the game for them. We were watching it last night, and I I point out to you, I was like, this is what you guys trade a championship for right here. You got Jakob Podol, who can't make a free throw, and uh, who has no touch within two feet. And you have DeMar DeRozan, who doesn't have an outside shot, which, I mean, you look at this game, and... How big would a three have been? DeMar DeRozan, red hot. He has no range. If he was a guy who had some kind of range from three, he didn't even attempt a three. So it's just you have to have a guy who can come in, who can get hot, your star player. He's got to be able to hit that that momentum swinging type of play because a nice, a nice jumper from the elbow doesn't do that much whenever you're down by four points it doesn't do that much whenever you're down by three points I mean it gets you a little closer but then you got you have to play good defense and get the get the rebound and then hustle back down the court and hope that you can get another decent shot so all these all these things culminate into a loss for the Spurs the Spurs are clearly a team trending down it's a tough loss for them it was it was an exciting victory though it was an exciting uh game to watch it sucked for us though uh we I mean we both had both had Spurs last night and and a little bit of a parlay so um it, it was it was a tough loss there especially by one point uh the Spurs were favored going into the game uh but it's just it was, a tough one. it was just a tough one. It was a real close one. It was a fun one to watch, though. It, it really it was. It was a good game. It was it was one that we expected to put into the Oscar Oscar the Grouch uh, games of the day, <laughs> and then it ended up getting moved out of that into the actual decent games that we watched. Zach Levine continues to not impress me. Uh, Seven of twenty two from the field. Chris Dunn was halfway decent, five of nine, but oh, from the field and zero oh for two from beyond the arc. He also had four turnovers last night. Luke Cornett was actually the guy that was taking over. He the game. really did a good job. And, and it wasn't. He had thirty-one minutes. He only scored twelve points, but most of his most of his points seemed to come in the fourth Plus quarter. 18. And he was and he was a big contributor for for that run that they made there in the fourth quarter to uh, to top the Bulls. I mean, or to excuse to me to top Spurs, to yeah. top the Spurs. But it was just. Denzel Valentine, 19 minutes. He had 16 points. Nice For job. A guy like that, you know, you forget about Denzel Valentine, who once dominated the Big Ten, and now he's kind of found this uh, eighth, ninth man on a not so great team. But last night, he, him, and Luke Cornett. Uh, standing ovation for you two guys because uh, y- you carried the team past the San Antonio Spurs. Jakob Podol, uh, you need to hit the line, young fellow, because that was just uh, <laughs> start, that was that was a rough start game. making free throws or start hitting some suicides. I mean, this it was it was a game that was a free throw away, mm-hmm. uh, and you look at the free throw percentage, and as a team, the Spurs shot sixty seven percent. As a team, the Bulls 80. shot eighty percent. So I mean. That's what these close games come down to. If you're on the road, you've got to hit your free throws. Uh, exciting game if you're a Bulls fan, though. It just shows a little bit of a glimpse of what these guys can do against somewhat decent competition. Uh, we're going to kick it to commercial break. We will be right back with our recap of our Sprite Cranberry Picks of the Day. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Mm-hmm. 
Welcome back to Half Court with Matt McClure and Logan Dolby, live on Com Radio. All right, and we're back for a final segment of the day here. Uh, the Sprite Cranberry Picks of the Day, presented to you by Sprite Cranberry, the preferred soft drink for not just the thirst, thirstiest time of the year, but, you know, we're in those deep winter months. You, you start getting that seasonal depression. What better to combat seasonal depression but the of a nice cold Sprite Cranberry? <laughs> Warm up your belly and warm up your spirit for for these tough winter months that we're going to be grinding out. At least we have NBA basketball, and thank God we've got Sprite Cranberry, McClure. <laughs> Our first game that we decided, and, and guys, um, all these, all the, none of the games today started after we went on the air. So anytime we're going to have to have an abridged, uh, or not really abridged, but a, a different starting time, especially a later starting time, we're going to be putting out the Sprite Cranberry picks on Twitter uh, about two hours before tip-offs. So we're going to have current lines that we get via DraftKings uh, Sportsbook. And uh, just check the, keep checking the Twitter. I mean, we, we'll, we'll let you guys know um, when the times have changed, uh, what we've got coming up, our slate for, uh, for the day there, our, our, uh, our rundown for the day, as well as uh, our, cranberry pick, our Sprite Cranberry picks if um, – if we're going on late. So if you want to check the Twitter, uh, me and McClure had our first game that we picked. It was an early game. It was the 76ers, both of our favorite teams there. The The line opened Warriors at 76ers at minus 12 for the 76ers. Um, <clears throat> I had Golden State plus 12. I just I wasn't confident in Philadelphia's ability to uh, win a game by a lot of points, like a ridiculous amount of points like the Bucks do or like the Toronto Raptors do. Uh, Philadelphia, they, they always like to uh, to give their fans a little bit of a cardiac arrest yes, there. They, do. uh, they don't really like to win games by a huge margin, and if they're up, they love to, to let that team go on a 10-0 run, 7-0 run, which is exactly what the Golden State Warriors did there with about five minutes left in the game. Golden State did end up losing the game, but they lost by 11. Um, so my pick was good. Um, as far mine as, was not. Yeah, uh, McClure having having a tough day. Uh, really Draymond tough day. Green <laughs> had nine points, nine nine rebounds, twelve assists. Demarcus uh, D'Angelo Russell, excuse me, twenty eight points and uh, seven assists to go along with five rebounds uh, for the Warriors. Yeah, I, I thought the Sixers they got Joel Embiid back in this game, and I thought after a great win against the Los Angeles Lakers in their last outing that they'd come out ready to go and they won this game pretty handily just not by 12 points so the the line didn't hit there for me but um and they played great in this game they uh Raul Nito with a huge first half and it really set the tone for them in that game they were only up five at the half but really did a nice job in the second half closing the Warriors out really nice game from them uh they've been dominant at home and it's shown and against a bad team like the Warriors, they went out there and took care of business. Joel Embiid rocking the 24 tonight. They had uh, the 33 on the on the court as well for Kobe, Lower Marion, which I thought was pretty cool, and they uh, balled out. It was awesome. 
who's been really impressive impressive for me has been Shake Milton. He he really didn't get any minutes at all for the majority of the first half of the season, and now he's in the starting rotation along with Simmons and Bede, Tobias Harris, and Al Horford. So a major jump there for Shake Milton. Uh, he hit five or six of his shots, including a three. Uh, he had two assists as well for a plus eight in, his, in the plus minus. Impressive uh, stretch of games for uh, the young fella out of, I think it was SMU. SMU. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you're correct on that. Ben Simmons, of course, struggled in uh, Joel Embiid's return game. Um, Joel Embiid, eight, of course, he had 24 points, 10 rebounds. Uh, Ben Simmons struggled. He had he scored four times out of 11 shots. He did some work at the free throw line, putting in nine of 10 uh, from the free throw free throw line for 17 points. So, well, uh, that's going to be the storyline going forward. I think for the 76ers is Ben Simmons put up a career high. He was he was like averaging triple doubles while Embiid was out, and now that he's back in the lineup, and spacing is now an issue again for the 76ers. Uh, it's time to see how Brett Brown is is going to move around these lineups and really figure out what works with these guys to get Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid both involved heavily. Yeah, I agree 100%. And Ben Simmons had a stretch of games where he was dominant, so we'll have to see uh, how they work together. And hopefully they do work together here in the, in the latter half of the season, here in the second half, and they can figure things out. Because when Ben Simmons is on his game, the Sixers look really good, and that was just a prime example here. Our second game that we picked was a later tip for the Atlanta Hawks going to the Toronto Raptors to open up. Uh, the Raptors were 12 and a half point favorites at home. They are 33. They were 33 and four and 13 to uh, going into this game, and uh, they got the W. They beat the Hawks by 16 points. Uh, 130 to 114. John Collins had a nice day there for the Atlanta Hawks. Scored 28 points uh, in 33 minutes. 11 of 14 from the field. Very impressive from the young fella. Trey Young struggled today. He had 13 assists, but only 18 points on 13 shots. One of seven from beyond the arc. Tough night for him. Uh, the Hawks do not cover, which I had them covering the 12 and a half. Uh, it seems like the Atlanta Hawks consistently come to bite me. Uh, in my picks, so maybe we'll see a shift in how I'm picking these games later on in the season. But for right now, uh, I had to eat the fat L, and uh, my my bank account hurts a little bit more uh, <laughs> these past two days. Now the Atlanta Hawks uh, dropped this one, did not cover the 12 and a half. Yeah, I had the Raptors originally today, and I switched it at the last minute. I just felt like 12 and a half was a really big number, and I picked the Hawks ultimately to cover that spread, and they didn't, and they got down by. 10 in the first quarter and the Raptors really just took it to them in the in the next three quarters the the Hawks kept it close they only were outscored by two in each of those last three quarters but the first big first quarter by the Toronto Raptors was huge John Collins you mentioned had a huge night for them 28 points Trey Young uh, was a little bit off in this one after having a great game a few nights ago Against the Wizards, he, he struggled a little bit in this game, didn't shoot the ball particularly well, and the Hawks really aren't good on the road. They're 5-20, and 20, and the Raptors just keep on rolling, man. Siakam with 24, Van Fleet continuing to doing what he's doing. How about Serge Ibaka off the bench with 24? Just a really nice game here from the Toronto Raptors, and the Hawks only shooting 25% from three isn't going to get the job done. And when you're on the road – and you're a Hawks team that likes to ch- chuck the ball up from three, you got to shoot better from there. And they did not, 
and they they just don't really have enough star power, in my opinion, to pl- to play with teams at the level of the Toronto Raptors, and it showed here in this game. Yeah, Marcus Saul very efficient in 16 minutes. He had. 10 points, an assist, and a rebound, two blocks. Uh, he, he got in foul trouble, so and he, he's a little bit older. They didn't figure they needed him, so they pulled him. Um, as Fred Van Fleet continues to impress me, 19 points again today. Uh, he's just – he's going to get paid a lot of money whenever his contract is up. I agree. And uh, it's going to be very difficult for the Raptors to let him walk out the door. And whenever – whenever I mean, we both thought the Raptors were not going to be that great this year – and they continue to make us look like fools uh, <laughs> because uh, right now they're sitting at, I think, third in the Eastern Conference, and they're two young guys. I mean, they've got just young young talent everywhere on this roster, Powell, Siakam, Ananobi, Van Vliet, uh, to go along with some nice wily veterans like a Kyle Lowry and Marc Gasol and a Sergi Baca who had 24 points today and 10 rebounds. Uh, just very impressive overall team victory for the Toronto Raptors. Uh, bad Bad job by the Atlanta Hawks not to cover. Uh, pretty sad about that. But we're going to move on to the Boston Celtics going down to Miami to face off against the Heat. The Heat coming off. Uh, we already talked about it. The Orlando game where they they uh, they beat the pants off of the Magic. Well, now it seems like the Heat are having issues here with Boston at home. Uh, the Heat are 21-2 and two at home right now, but they are down currently by nine points. McClure, Boston. Uh, outscored them currently 17 to 12 right now in the fourth quarter. The Heat have been keeping it close all game long. I mean, the Boston had a really nice first quarter there. Uh, they had an eight point lead, but then uh, Miami put the clamps on them, only allowed 17 points in the second quarter. That third quarter was very close. We'll see if Miami can get something going here uh, to to uh, protect protect your boys and their bets because me and McClure, <laughs> this was our lock of the yeah, day we had, here. The lock. we had the heat minus one and a half at home and uh we're, we're really needing the heat to at least force some <laughs> overtime or something we know they're seven and I, I don't right think now it's gonna season. happen though man uh, i just i i was a little iffy going into it i i thought the heat were going to be able to to come up on out on top in this game but you got to give credit to Boston. They played really good in this game. Jalen Brown with 25, Gordon Hayward with 23, and they are really doing a good job playing some really solid defense here to start this fourth quarter. Only allowed 12 points. They only allowed 20 in the second quarter. They scored 17. They got outscored in that quarter. So that doesn't really happen that often. They've been playing really well. And they might hand the Miami Heat their third loss at home this season. And it's just been a really tough outing here for the Heat in this game. They just can't seem to find anything going offensively. They're shooting 7 of 30 from three right now. Good and, God. And 36% from the field. Meanwhile, while Boston shooting close to 48% from the field and 36% from three. So that's really the difference of this game. There's a lid on the basket right now for the Heat. They're making a comeback now. Uh, down only 697 to 91, but it'll be interesting to see how this one plays out here in the last four minutes. Yeah, Jimmy Butler, it's got 18 points, currently five rebounds. Uh, this team has not been moving the ball, though, very well all day. They only have 13 assists on the night, and we have four minutes left in the fourth quarter. So it's been a lot of isolation ball here. Um, They've got 17 fouls um, for the game as well, so it's just been in 10 turnovers. So that with how poorly they're shooting the three ball and how 
uh, poorly they have been rebounding today. It is, it's just been uh, – at least they've been putting in work at the free throw line. Uh, they've, they've hit 84% uh, thus far. And whenever you get down to late in games, they are also in the bonus. So we could see something, maybe a little comeback here. Marcus Smart not – not playing particularly well, playing good defense. But uh, right now it's been the Jalen Brown and Gordon Hayward show uh, for the Boston Celtics. Gordon Hayward, 10 of 13 from the field with 25 points and eight rebounds. And Jalen Brown, who has 25 points, 10 of 16 from the field He's really with five been good. assists. He's really been He's good He's been this earning year. his money this year for sure. He signed that big lucrative contract. Um in the off season, and uh, he, he's really working really, out. Yeah, he's putting he's putting his game where his money is, and his uh, his mouth where his money is, or his money where his mouth is as well. <laughs> so uh, it's been it's been very impressive to see him play um, thus far this season. He's he's looked very good, and Gordon Hayward having one of those games where you've been waiting a while for Hayward to get going. Now he's been very up and down, and this is one of those this is one of those up games for uh, for Tatum. So we'll we'll see if Miami Heat can get back into it right now. Down by nine, it's not looking not good. Looking, for Miami, not looking hot, especially for Miami minus one and a half. Uh, not looking great from your boys. We'll move on to the last game that we picked, um, <clears throat> which we have a final on the Memphis Grizzlies <laughs> at home uh, taking on the Denver Nuggets. The Memphis Grizzlies finished them off 104 to 96. Uh, Memphis started out very strong. Denver was making a pretty con- a pretty good case for themselves, though. They outscored Memphis by eight in the fourth quarter, but it just wasn't enough uh, for the Nuggets. The Nuggets, uh, I had Nuggets plus one and a half. They were they were road dogs, which it's it was kind of it was kind of hard for me to believe, even though they were they were without Jamal Murray and also uh, with without Paul Millsap. Uh, I figured maybe they'd they'd have enough to get it done, but the Memphis Grizzlies have proven that they are a solid basketball team, especially at home, getting this one done and uh, ruining this pick for me as well. Yeah, I had the Nuggets money line on this one. Kind of the same reasons there, Dolby. I figured they've been without Jamal Murray for a little bit, and Paul Millsap hasn't been there, and they played pretty well this year in those guys' absence, and I thought they were going to be able to get it done, and they just didn't. They got really – outscored 31-18 in that first quarter, and Memphis really never looked back after that. And they played really solid defense in the third quarter. How about the Grizzlies here on defense? 16 points the Denver Nuggets scored there in that third quarter. Unbelievable job by Memphis. They're 14-13 at home, 23-24. They are a solid basketball team. They're really good, and I've liked what I've seen from them this year. John Morant really making a case to be rookie of the year. He only had 14 points, but Valanchunas, who we talked about last week uh, with 23, Dylan Brooks, who's a scorer with 24. They got good production from their bench with uh, Clark there with 12 points. Nice job here by the Memphis Grizzlies, and really not a lot of offense. Here from the Denver Nuggets. Jeremy Grant with 21 and Jokic with 25. The only other guy in double figures, Gary Harris with 10. The, and that's, that is that is not a recipe for success for the Denver Nuggets. And they just came out flat in this game, tried to battle back, but they just were unable to do so. Good win here by the Grizzlies. And they really look strong, Dolby. I, I think they could be a tough out maybe if they could get up a little bit higher in the standings, which I don't see is happening. The eight seed, I think, is the their ceiling. The eight seed's probably going to be their ceiling. And the top ten pick is their floor. Yeah. Ten. 
Nine ten yeah. is their floor. Well, yeah. I mean, as far as it's I guess, because, lottery it's odds like, concerning. It's just because how stacked the West is, and I, you know, I was just you know saying how young that, this team is. Yeah, you know, they're, they're twenty three and twenty four, but like. If they would play like the Jazz in the first round, that would be really interesting series. Now they're probably going to end up playing the Lakers and losing it in four games, but still, I mean they've really exceeded expectations this year. They've been really solid. Nice win here by the Memphis Grizzlies. Jonas Valanciunas continues to impress Woo! me. Continues to <laughs> impress me, baby. I love how he's been playing. Eleven and nineteen today from the field. One of four from beyond the arc. Who cares? You get the big W. Win by eight points. That's 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 a nice little victory there. He scored twenty four points, uh, or excuse me, he had twenty three points. He had a block. He had a steal. He had twelve <laughs> rebounds. He's not letting Nikola Jokic big body him. That big chubby fella down though. Jonas Valanciunas says, I don't care. Mm. Jokic, I don't care How about that, that you're a dancing bear down low. I'm going to get my points in my minutes. I'm, I am wiping you guys off the face of the earth, and that's what he did tonight. Jonas Valanciunas, very impressive. He's been great all year. And John Morant, I mean, say he had 14 points, but he also had six rebounds, seven assists, and four steals. So they're really, Doing it all over. Yeah, exactly. All-around all game. Exactly. He's just a real slick player. The smoothness that he has to his game really sometimes does. is just like – it's star in the making, and Memphis is really going to be happy to have him for years to come. Oh, yeah, for sure. But, uh, it, uh, like I said, it was still a loss for me as far as money is concerned. Oh, and as four. far as picks are concerned, McClure, that's a that's a tough week there. Oh, and four. One and three I, from me to oh, and four from you. That's a tough pill to swallow. Hey, we'll be back. We'll be back. That's all right. How about, oh, my goodness gracious, the Suns are whooping the Mavericks right now, 106-77, to 77, on the road. 46 points scored so far in the third quarter, and it's almost over. But 46 to points 22. scored. 46-22 in the third quarter of that game, real quick. Oh, my before we, gosh. Uh, end DeAndre Ayton, 11 of 12 from the floor. In 23 minutes, he's got 25 points. Devin Booker. to 77? <laughs> Devin Booker's got 32. How do you – like, what? Wow. I, I, wow. This is the NBA, folks. You never know. You have no, you have no clue. You I mean, I don't know. think Porzingis. Oh no, Porzingis is playing. He was questionable going into this game. Uh, He's probably I playing not right now, though. Uh, yeah, probably not. <laughs> they I got mean, they got the bench in right now. Every Dallas starter <laughs> is minus fourteen or more. Jeez. Uh, so it's been a it's been a rough one. Willie Cauley Stein seeing minutes uh, for the first time in a Dallas Mavericks jersey. Uh, one of the more recent trades that went on, of course, Dallas trading. Uh, for Willie Cauley Stein from the Golden State Warriors, um, but he's he's zero for one right now in four minutes, so he's not wow. really making a big that, difference. That's I'd like really to see him get a few more minutes in this in this blowout right now. But wow, my goodness, crazy games tonight, folks. We'll have crazy games all week. Uh, make sure to catch us. From eight to no, no, no wait, seven, yeah, eight. seven eights. Excuse me, seven to eight on Thursdays. I forget what our time slot is because every single show this week or every single show this semester has been a different time slot than we're actually allotted. Uh, but join us seven to eight p.m. Pending, we don't yeah, know. Pending. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll let you know on Twitter, of course. Uh, friend us on Facebook, like us on Facebook, whatever you do on Facebook. Uh, Follow us on Twitter, subscribe on YouTube, uh, subscribe on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Uh, Whatever you can, man. Yeah, we're on all the major everything. We're just trying to get this thing started here, guys. We appreciate the love and support. Thank you to everybody who watches and listens on Facebook Live. Really appreciate that. McClure, do you have anything to say? Just uh, RIP Kobe and, and go Sixers. Go Sixers. We'll see you guys next week.